Tune in. Tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In Guitar Lesson 26, I asked Dan for his advice about playing in the country rock genre, with the aim of supporting both rhythm playing in the style of Tom Petty, and lead playing in the style of Tom Petty's guitarist, Mike Campbell. In this lesson, Dan begins by choosing a chord progression with a Tom Petty-like rhythm. Then we look at how to arrange songs, melodies and solos in this genre to create good dynamics and sound. Okay, Dan, this Friday, me and my friends are going to be having a Petty-a-thon. We're playing Ooh. about 12 Tom Petty tracks until we completely nailed them on acoustic guitar. And then we're planning on taking it into Monster Studios in Hove to electrify it sometime in the future. Right, so that's sort of a bit like when you get together with your friends and watch all six or seven or how many episodes of Star Wars are on. <laughs> I think it's precisely <laughs> that, Tom yeah. Petty backdrop. Okay. Uh, very very sad year because obviously he passed away. Saw him at British Summertime and he's one of my favourites. So let's have a think about that style of music maybe. Yeah. It's an interesting possibility really to dive into this because we had a lot of positive response to our podcast on rhythm guitar, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, and it seems to be a, a bit of a lost art perhaps. Or is lead guitar becoming a lost art? <laughs> I don't know. You or tell is guitar me. just guitar in becoming a lost art. Do you know what? I had a pupil come to me the other day and go, oh, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm wasting all this time practicing. Your guitar is dying. And it's yeah. like, you know, I said to him, what goes around comes around. At the end of the day, guitar is going to come in and out of fashion. And it's just one of those things that's going to happen. But yeah, we, we had a lot of response to the rhythm guitar things. It seems to be one of those things that maybe guitarists don't always focus on. Or they get the chords and they go, yep, yep, nailed it. Rather than maybe being a little bit more clever with it. And also getting into the mindset of thinking of the guitar part and how we can best serve a song. Because as much as I love to play solos and all the rest of it, and solos are cool, and we shall be looking at some of the solo style for this sort of thing, I think it's fair to say that a lot of our time as guitar players is spent playing rhythm. So you really don't want to be the guy in the back playing the G chord who looks incredibly bored. Mm. You know, like they're about to die and then they're suddenly put on a life support machine the minute a solo comes up. You don't want to be that guy. So I thought maybe what we'd do is look at a country pop rock chord progression. Yep, that sounds really good. Sort of in the vein of the, the kind of Tom Petty kind of style and then see what we can build around it. Okay, that sounds great. Let's yeah. go for it. So I'm thinking of working in the user-friendly key of B minor stroke D. cheese on the taco there there we go <laughs> <laughs> try one of your single coil options yes there we go um, you might even find for this where you want a bit of sparkle yeah going for one of the sort of bridge bridge split options or okay. something can work quite well 
got B minor, then G, then A, A major, D, and So, almost. Yep. So there's a little bit of a glitch timing-wise. suspended fourth chord okay there's a little bit of an irony when it comes to kind of getting the sounds that work with this because rarely do you want sort of a full-on drive sound i mean you know you're going to use maybe a bit of drive maybe for solos you rolled off you think. yeah i mean even i'm just tittering on the edge of my volume there. it's almost like a clean with a better grit if you will It's quite sensitive just around there, isn't it? So it's probably about yeah. And then I've got because when you have a, a sound with too much drive, it doesn't always sound particularly nice with like the full chords like that. They can sound a bit mucky and a bit muddy. Yes, yes, yes. And also when you get the nice sparkly top end that you have with a little less drive. bigger open sound and that is on a telecast from the middle position on a bridge so there's our first little thing that we can do right. maybe adding in little connecting runs on the bass notes yeah. Oh, nice. 
sounds quite purposeful, that, doesn't it? So I went from the B minor to the G, and then... Sliding second to four on the A string and back again. Putting in the second fret on the D along the way. Then back to D. So that's hammering on from the second to the fourth on the G string when yep. you hit the D chord. But adding in the open D, then go to the fourth of the D, and open. Adding in the open, also open E. D. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm just not hitting the top E string there. Of course, all of this also depends on where you are in your verse and how you wish to build it up. You know, do you want to start kind of mellow? Maybe there. So there I've got little chords, which would be quite a nice accompaniment. Or if you want the whole volume of everything to drop down for reverse. So I've got a B minor shape, which is 9, 7, and 7, D, oh, yeah. G, and B string. Then just keep that shape and add in the 8th fret to give you a G. Yeah. Slide it up two frets to give you an A. And then just bar at the 7th, same three strings to give you a D. D yeah. Then repeat. But end on the higher D, F shape, starting at the 10th. Like that. Yeah. Or you can do a country bend at the end. So I've got 10 and 10 on the top two. Yep. 9 on the G. And I'm bending to that. to adding interest it's not necessarily about throwing the kitchen sink at it if you've got a nice elongated solo opportunity and you want to throw the kitchen sink at it and it's appropriate to do so i mean given the example i did a guest gig at the weekend i played a bluesy gig on saturday night one of the most enjoyable gigs I've done in a long time if i'm brutally honest Blues is pretty good fun, isn't it? It was pretty cool, but there was also some rock in there, which is always nice. A bit of Santana, we played some Jimi Hendrix. And we had one or two songs that had this kind of country vibe. And because I was like a guest guitar player, and the way the guy operates is he has a sort of set band, and then he'll bring in a guest guitar player for a once-a-month spot at this particular venue. He has various guitar players coming down and playing with him. And Mm -hmm. it means that he wants to showcase that guitar player, which is nice. So... 
I got to play this country solo, and it just flamed me went on and on and on. And, <laughs> it, and it was great, you know, I managed to throw in all of the kitchen sink and more at this kind of country solo <laughs> until the music stopped. But that's quite a rare opportunity, I think, if, if I'm brutally honest, but it was very, very nice to do so. But often when you're playing to serve a song, you need to kind of back off a little bit if you're serving yeah. the song. When you get a solo moment or your time to shine, that's the time to kind of pull the pin and do it. And even then you've got to do it with a bit of respect for what the tune is doing. But when you're playing over a song, essentially you're your own arranger, not just mm. playing the song. If you're playing a guitar part, you're arranging a part around the song. What works best? Does it need to be peeled back? Does the verse go quiet here? Perhaps you need to go a bit quieter. Perhaps you need to be in the background. So you need to be riding your volume knob, coming up at the appropriate moment, getting quieter at the appropriate moment, behaving when it comes to the course of dynamics within the song. And also when it comes to being, as I say, interesting in a song, sometimes it's the little thing, like I say, maybe not finishing on the same chord at the end or a chord in the same kind so of go up voicing. Instead. You could even take your voicings higher. Like that. Yeah, so you do it again. So so there I had like a D seven shape at the twelve, so twelve, eleven, twelve. I've kept the strings the same. So G D G and B strings. That gives you a B minor. B minor, yeah, that's... Then yeah. just make the 11 a 12, you've got a G. Yeah. Slide it up to the 14, you've got an A. Then if you've got 16, 14, 15, you're back to your D shape. There's another one, yeah. it's like the country bend thing. Yeah. Okay, so this is quite sweet. So we're on the 14th and the 14th of the B and the top E string, respectively. So we're going to bend to a B to minor. To a B minor, so at so the moment we're the in B sus. And we're... That's it, and we're going to bend, that's right, the B string up just half a step. And then land on the 12 there. And then to give the, us the, sorry, just the B minor. That gives us a G there. Gives you like a B5. B5, right. And then for the G... We're going to go down to 10 and 10. Gotcha. We're going to bend up a whole step on the B string. To make a G That's in it. the A shape. And then move that whole thing up to the 12th and repeat. And then G and B strings, 9 and 10. Yeah. 9 on the G, 10 on the B. We've yeah. moved across G and B. Bend the G, the 9 up to an 11, giving you a D. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to process that. <laughs> right, let's clean this up. right isn't it yeah well you can even do this one um... oh yeah 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 I love them oops not quite let's explain what we're doing <laughs> right so we're getting into the realm of the country bend here so we're 
bending down on the G string, so pulling it down towards the floor. Seventh fret. Seventh fret. To make the B. And as we do so, we pick up the B at the seventh fret and then let our G string down while taking the B back up with us. So we've got the, the D note bending up. You just have to sort of hop over and pick it up, don't you? So the D is bending up to an E, picking up the F sharp. Yep. So you're kind of outlining like a D sus 2. When your bend comes back down and takes the B string with it, bending the B string up, the B string is going to go up a half tone or semitone, giving you a G. I can never get them all every time. I need to press that. So. I'm not quite putting the first one down far enough. But you want to get the two sounding together. And then, <laughs> the classic, the classic country, Ben. Yeah, okay, I can do that. We know that one. We sort of use that one already. So they're quite they're quite nice things to sort of add in. Yeah. We're not talking about sort of littering the track with stuff. Okay. So you might find that the opportunities for maybe the bends, which are a little bit more out there, come after a chorus and just before the lyrics start again. Yeah, okay. It's almost like a little fill. You also have to watch that you're not interfering with the vocals. Yeah. And that that's not a problem. Okay, yep, cool. So that works. So if you could play the chords for me, and I'm going to play what we've done so far, if that's all right for you. Sounds great, yeah. Yeah, sounds sounds cool. Often when people talk about rhythm, I find this a very strange thing in this day and age, but I've often been asked, are you a rhythm guitarist or a lead guitarist? <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's this thing going around on Facebook, it might be an April Fool's joke or something like that, but somebody sort of wrote, wrote on there for a laugh, I'd like to buy a rhythm guitar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've had enough of playing a lead guitar, I'd like to buy a rhythm guitar. <laughs> And there was all these notes underneath it. I was like, yes, I've heard the lead ones are louder and definitely higher in gain. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, the rhythm yeah. ones only do clean sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. But the, the subject of rhythm guitar is a lot of people don't get the accolades 
rhythm guitar that they deserve. But I mean, it's people like Nile Rogers have forged entire careers on being an amazing rhythm guitarist, not to mention a great songwriter and producer. Yeah. You know, there are some people who actually sort of pride themselves on their rhythm guitar playing, and rightly so. But really, it's a skill that every lead guitar player should be equally as good at. And you look at Eddie Van Halen's rhythm playing, it's just stellar. Yeah. I mean, it carries the entire tune. Stevie Ray Vaughan, again, yeah. he had this amazing touch for rhythm. You know, it could be funky and it was always interesting. It was never sort of four power chords and you're done. The Brad subject, Paisley as well, yeah. Brad was, Paisley, yeah, nice. again, amazing rhythm guitar play. And really, it sort of crosses over a little bit with the lead, I think, you know, when you're talking about riffs and stuff like that and augmenting what's already there. But people still have it in their heads to this day. A rhythm guitar player, a lead guitar player. Yeah. What is the rhythm guitar player? The lazy one who can't be passed to learn <laughs> solos. Now it's a solo. The lead guitar player steps forward. Brushes himself off. My been off all night. I, I wanted a chance to use my red channel. Here I come. <laughs> yes. I gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. I was out the back drinking coffee for the last 26 <laughs> tracks. I couldn't wait for my moment. <laughs> Glad we planned it. Thanks for being in for next week. I'll be here between 5 to 9 and 9. <laughs> my spot. You know, you know what I mean? It's, I to me, yeah. the, there's never been a separation. The one has to kind of follow. For me personally, the one has to follow the other. It's no good being like amazing at solos and then sort of crap at everything else. You know, it doesn't really work for me. Look at the pinnacle of it, I guess, with uh, your your jazz chord solo. Your Joe Passer. That's just phenomenal, isn't it? All of that stuff is, you know, it's all about harmony and how it all sort of works together. And and that's where being, being good at playing rhythm goes beyond just playing a few chords is sort of knowing the harmony that's going to work. And that's actually going to serve you very well as a lead guitar player. Because although you might know a whole bunch of licks and a whole bunch of scales, if you can't connect them to the song, then you you know you're about as useful as a chocolate fire guy. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? You're a solo act, you know, just happens to be playing over this racket that's going on in the background. Yeah, you need yeah. to know which notes of your chord are the prominent notes. Uh... It certainly helps with so many rock songs yeah. sort of outlining power chords more than anything else. Power chords serve a purpose, but obviously they're quite short on harmonic information. So they sort of leave that up to you, to a degree, a power chord. The other notes and augmentation of, of music that's going on around the power chord, whereas actually knowing what the chord would be if you were to play it and it were not to be a power chord, and therefore how it fits into the greater scheme of things and how it fits into the scales and the key and everything of what you're playing, it's, it's the other information. You kind of really ought to know... You know? was, I did a quite an interesting exercise a few months back, and every now and again I still do it. And that's to try and play uh, Black Sabbath's Paranoid with open chords. Okay, uh, you yeah. end up with E minors and Ds and Cs. It's really it, and and there's the occasional G thrown in as a quick blast. It's quite quite a good exercise, maybe if other people want to have a go at that as well. It's, I think it's one area where actually I know like those boring old adults like you and me. When we were kids, we were probably told by our parents, no, Johnny, you must learn the acoustic guitar first. Tell Mum I want an electric. No, learn the acoustic <laughs> guitar. Sandra in good stead. It is where it actually does actually make a bit of sense. Play power chords on an acoustic. Doesn't usually sound that great, really. You're better off learning the songs with the true chords. Yeah. And so in that respect, you know, acoustic guitar players, you know, benefit from having that extra harmonic content going on. It just sounds better on their instrument. Although it's great to pile on the old gain and 
splash out a few power cords. Who doesn't love that? You know, in terms of actually delivering the full sort of sonic spectrum of the song, playing the chords on an acoustic guitar will obviously give you a much wider, bigger, more interesting sound. And so in that respect, I guess those boring old adults were right. You know, there's something there's something to be said for knowing the full chords. But let let the two inform each other as well. Let the absolutely let the yeah one inform yeah. I think the thing that sometimes acoustic guitar players, not all of them, but a lot of them, maybe don't always get into is soloing and the lead stuff. Which yeah. is a bit of a shame because that's again it's a bit of a missed opportunity. You know, there are some people like Aldi Miola. Listen to Aldi Miola. And then tell me you can't solo on an acoustic. Yeah, phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal player. Well, Tommy Emmanuel. Yes, he's he's superb. He's amazing. Guys, go and check out his version of Amazing Grace. It will make you cry. (laughs) It's incredible. You've seen his Purple Haze uh, version as well out on this... I haven't, but I bet that's good. Oh, it's so good. It's It's just like, it's out... It's obviously like a house out the back on a deck in Australia... You can hear dogs barking in the background, and it's diddly ding ding, diddly ding ding, and then it's just it's phenomenal. Definitely check it out. Yeah, he's an incredible player. So let's look at some of those sixths. Is it? So this is where it's a, a very much a preserve of the sort of country player where yes. you have a note often it's either on the G string and a note on the top string but if you imagine playing a bar chord of D at the 10th yep. fret on the G you'd be at the 11th fret at the top E you'd be at the 10th just take those two notes yep. and then work your way down within the scale key of D Diminished will always throw me. Minor, major, major, minor, minor. Also the D and G string. So starting. Yeah. So if you could play the chords for me, Maestro.
into a bit of a soda as well to give you a few yes. other sort of flavours in there. So I was using that line. Almost like you would use an octave. Well, I was using it for, for a melodic sort of stance. So I was sometimes altering a note on one of the strings. <laughs> so if you find soloing on one string slightly difficult... <laughs> Try this first. What you can do, though, is that over each chord... If you've got a very nice friend who's very yeah. patient, get him to play each chord. Have a listen to what sounds good. Now he changes yeah. the chord. Can you change one note there? So that's D. And then just move the F sharp on the, the D on the D string up to a G. Yeah, there you go. Now you've got a G. Yeah. Voila. And what's next? It's an A. And rather so... than go do the obvious thing, do the one up here. 11th fret on the D, 10th fret on the B. And go back down. because it's uh, we're up a string <laughs> so we're it's an A not a D okay so it's in fact so I actually went from there okay similar sort of thing on the top string <laughs> that's sweet on there those double stops yeah so that's pretty that's pretty cool it's kind of nice there was some very interesting advice that a friend of mine got I don't know if I gave this little piece of advice before maybe I did he was learning lap steel, pedal steel, sorry, pedal steel guitar. Eric Clapton likened it to flying a helicopter because you're using all four limbs. <laughs> it's a nightmare. You work sort of levers with your knees and your feet, and then you've also got the bottleneck and then the fingers with the, the sort of finger picks on them. So the, the, the levers allow you to change the actual kind of pitch. What about the, because there's that other type of lap steel, isn't there? There's They're both lap called lap steel, though, aren't they? One's a lap steel and one's a pedal steel. Now, a lap uh, steel is literally like a kind of... Guitar that you sit on your legs. Y- yeah, you know, a bit like the one you've seen, if you've ever seen Pink Floyd play High Hopes. 
live. Okay. Dave Gilmore has like a lap still. It's almost sort of a sort of table level, you know, that he sits down at and gets a slide, the sort of special slide bar. Yeah. And then plays right. the final solo on it. Awesome that's stuff. Right, yeah. Amazing to watch. Uh, pedal steel has all of that going on with the added complication of levers operating with your feet and your knees, which alter the pitch. And I believe some people even have, like, two sets of strings, different tunings, you know, so it can go from, like, an E to an E6 and E7 and so on, and, you know, it's it's like movable pitches. Very confusing. A mate of mine, Francois, who's a great bass player, took up the pedal steel some years ago, flew out to America to learn it, and the guy who taught him... He said to me, he gave him one piece of advice. And I think this sort of goes for a lot of country stuff. Whereas rock often gets pretty gnarly, with a lot of the country sort of influenced rock like that, it's quite pretty, isn't it? You know mm. what I mean? It's yeah. quite sweet sounding. And the advice that he got for the for the pedal steel, I mean, you think of a pedal steel sound, it's not an aggressive sound, is it? No. You know, and yeah. he was told, Sweet make sound. it pretty. Yeah. And that's probably about the best advice you can give if you're playing over this sort of yeah. track. Obviously, where it moves into more rocky territory, you can pull the pin a little bit more. But especially where you've got a nice set of chords and stuff, you're working to make it sound pretty, to make it sound cool, but you're not, not sort of cheesy or overdone or too chintzy and glitzy, but you're looking for things to sound kind of nice yeah. rather than jarring. It's kind of the opposite here. You know, sometimes when we play rock stuff, we want things to sound jarring and we'll will purposefully choose notes and jazz as well that people look up from the bar and go, what the hell's that? <laughs> Whereas this is, it's a mood, you know, like a lot of countries, it's storytelling and mood setting and it's kind of that sort of sweetness in the no- choice of notes and playing that kind of works. Yeah, it's all great advice, thanks. Solo, awesome. should we have a little look at some of yeah. the solo ideas just before we finish? I know we're running you have time, time yeah. but let's have a very oh, quick look I'm at that. Right. So I was trying to do a solo sort of in the style yeah. of, of the man himself. It's kind of country rock with a bit of a tinge of pop kind of vibe to it. It's, it's a fairly well-trodden path. We've heard of similar things before, and, and I suppose this is like the commercial end of sort of the sort of country solo, isn't it, in a way? So maybe let's play through the course just one more time, just a couple of rounds, and I'll do a couple of licks that I did and then pick, pick out a few things for you. pleasant true that but yeah there's nothing here that's going to make you go oh so difficult oh, I think I'm going to give the guitar up <laughs> it's quite straightforward that's the kind of thing I need at the moment <laughs> no, 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 no. 
So it's really quite pentatonic based. So I started with a fairly... So with B minor... Sort of around the D major pentatonic... D major. Area. So... Think of a B minor pentatonic. Okay. Seven to nine there. Box. I'm bending then. And then I'm just outlining the D chord, but I'm still in B minor bend. Yep. So that's sliding on the G from 9 to 11. Yep. And then 10, 12 on the B. and then yeah. 15 on the B. Oh yeah, I see that. And then... So oh, yeah. the thing. And what are we outlining there? So kind of like a D again. And then grab both strings at the ninth fret on the uh, G and the B and then bend it up resolve fairly quickly yeah. you can do a sort of bluesy mix a lydian kind of lick come pentatonic so in other words we're including say uh, the major third so indeed so we're using that major third as our kingpin to come back on and leapfrog from and come back to yeah the 11th fret there yeah. So I've gone, I've gone into like the pentatonic. Uh, pentatonic. So. Oh, so you're going from major to minor pentatonic? Yeah. Okay, yeah, up yeah. from the 12 to the 13 to the F. And peeling off. 
your chromatic. Let's just see how that lip yeah. sounds over it, just so you can see how it fits in with the whole thing. Two, three, four. And... Nice. So you've, you've got the major in this, going into the blues in this. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Nice. Thank you very much, Dan. I'll, no uh, problem. Have a have a little go. With tapping that out if I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a have a go. It's a little quirk that sort of going. You know, as long as you know you're doing it. Yeah. You know, so you can if you know you're doing something, then you can kind of manipulate it a little better. Yes. So if you know that you're going to do that kind of thing, you can be intelligent from where you leap off from yeah. and come back to. So you know you've got your major where pentatonic. Do you, where do you leap from the major pentatonic? So I use the F sharp note. So, so right up to that point, I'm in the major pentatonic. Yeah. And then well, the minute I hit the F. So it's on the A, is it? So you've got this here. Which is all yeah. major pentatonic. And this. Which is minor pentatonic yeah, yeah, yeah. and blues. Mix the two up. <laughs> so you can mix it up here. between one and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually doing this with a pupil yesterday where we had a backing track and we had like Dorian mode for some of the backing track and then it went into the minor. 
And I said to him, what good practice would be would be so trying Aeolian to do them. Yeah. Um, so it's gone yes, from yes, D, yes, D, D Dorian to D natural minor. Yeah, in yeah. this case it was a C, but oh, yeah, that's, that's how it rolled. And I said it'd be interesting if you just try that, but literally try and change it with every lick. You've only got to change one note, but kind of yeah. with, each, with each lick, not necessarily over it. Moving up the next, so like, say you started with C... Um, Dorian, yeah. It's a minor. Back to Dorian again. Uh, further up. So you, you sort of work your way up, doing one lick of one, one lick of the other, but yeah. connecting it all together. I've got you, yeah. So you start yeah. in, say, the Dorian, yeah. So you're trying to all the time, your brain's having to work. That's good. Nice, <laughs> nice little riff there. Thank yeah. you. No awesome. Worries. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.